0: Views, interpretations, and opinions expressed are not advice nor official positions presented on behalf of any organization or institution. They are for informational and entertainment purposes only. This episode's topics include discussion of a boundless God, the role of mysticism in spiritual pursuit, weaponizing religion, and scriptural interpretation. Now join Ryan and Peter for the Tracking Wisdom podcast. One of my big criticisms of what I would call superficial theology is that defining God in, in the colloquial way that, that people tend to is oxymoronic, mm-hmm. because God is infinite. So if God is infinite, then by definition, it's not bounded. Mm-hmm. You know And I'm not sure, <laughs> this is really our big thesis, right, is what is at the essence of the various faiths. Mm-hmm. I mean, we agreed already that there is an essential truth in all the faiths that that's been obscured. Mm-hmm. It's interpretation of teaching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, God is a father. Oh, well, that's an elderly person, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a person with a white beard. Sure. Why? Because he's elderly. Why? Why is he elderly? Because he's wise. You know, Right. All, all this stuff, which clearly is metaphor. I mean, it's right. it's very, very trivial to interpret to say, oh, well, wisdom and caretaking is parental and elderly right. and clearly a metaphor.
1: The, I think, source of confusion in many people is being bound. So God is boundless. And you know, abstractly, I think we all can agree on that. And yet we describe and think about God within the bounds of, of the earthly realm. Mm-hmm. And and it's really difficult, I think, to get out of the thought that this universe and this earth and this space and the mechanisms that, that dictate cause and effect in relation are the only existence. And again, I think abstractly people say, of course, you know, heaven. But then trying to articulate that in a way that isn't contradictory or oxymoronic, I think is difficult.
0: I think my my current position is that it's really not honest to talk about God without a mystic approach. And what I mean by that is that there is a, I don't know what it's called, a discipline or a school of thought, um, or a, a style mm. called mysticism, mm-hmm. which is part of every organized religion, but usually fringe. Mm. In fact, I think almost by definition, it's it's fringe, right? It's not canonical. But I think that is really the only way you get close to the truth of your religion is if you have some connection to the mysticism, mm. which is what it, sounds like it's mysterious it's it's the pursuit of the mysterious indescribable indefinable thing which you know i feel like we're agreeing that the divine is that Mm -hmm. you know if if you've written it down in a scripture you that does not define god because that's oxymoronic Mm -hmm. you you cannot define god you can experience god and and that's what mysticism is mysticism is experiential Religion and and so I think that a lot of people, I would guess, most people who think about religion, and I'm talking to you nuns, Mm -hmm. um, are not aware that mysticism exists and that mysticism is part of whatever whatever faith you care to mention. And you know, if there's hypocrisy, it's because of this choice of scripture and structure and teaching. Over experience, over that mysticism, which is the direct experience of the divine.
1: It's interesting that you know you mentioned you can experience God, or, you know, you, you you put emphasis on that, and the Bible, and I, I go back to that because that's essentially the scriptural understanding that I that I've that I have any exposure to is is a book of people experiencing God and, and documenting their experience, hmm. but then is taken out of that that this is this is what god is and just because one person experienced god in a certain way doesn't mean that that is the definition of god Um, that's
0: supposed to be subjective right it right i mean mean, maybe god is not subjective but the experience is subjective and you can't point to others someone else's experience and say that what god is that's that is
1: how you didn't experience exactly um, and then the second thing, and this is a frustration I have with Christianity for sure, probably organized religion in general um, and that 's this sixty four books in a giant literature that is essentially two thousand years old for the sake of argument mm-hmm. at the earliest and and you know goes back thousands of years before that, and we take that, and that everything written in that book and we had godly inspired people for thousands and thousands of years and ever since then like okay. n- anything, anything that else comes inspired is heretical yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. ridiculous why would we ever think that god would stop speaking to us right. and why would we want to discount and discard the insight that can be gleaned in a modern uh context
0: so yeah um which brings me so which brings us back to interpretation mm. Which I want to address more, but before that, I just want to touch on um, and and I and I know that you did not. This was a casual comment mm-hmm. that you made about you know if your practice brings you joy, mm-hmm. then that's good for you. Um, however, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like this is the caveat I want yeah. to put that right is if your practice brings you joy but creates problems for other people. Sure, there's an issue, and and again for the nuns. I think this is a huge issue. Yeah. Um, because, especially in current times, there is so much practice that people choose that interferes with, I mean, it's basically it's my practices to interfere with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that whole brand of, of uh, Christianity. Um, I mean, and, you know, and it's not Christianity, obviously it's not the only well, one. I mean, probably the most notorious are <laughs> Christianity and Islam. hmm as being used as excuses for interfering with other people. Sure.
1: Weaponized. Um, right. Weaponized religion.
0: So I just wanted to touch on that because you you know, you know, did make that off ad comment. Yeah,
1: no, and I think that that has merit, of course. So I think that, in part, the, the base of that concern is in people being inclined to
0: <laughs>
1: be adversarial. Well... So there's a couple aspects to
0: it. And I think we really should set aside specific time for this, mm. but um, you know, I don't want to say that um, the even the majority of people who are caught up in these in these practices are weaponizing because there's clearly a leadership, right. and that's who's responsible, mm-hmm. and unfortunately there's a large majority of the population that sure chooses not to be critical but also a segment that is completely incapable of being critical mm. of their faith and so they're really they're perpetrating these wrongs but they're not guilty you know to some extent mm-hmm. they're not responsible i mean they're only responsible to that
1: They've turned over their agency. Right.
0: Right. But that's the best some people can do.
1: Yeah. I think that that ends up being a big problem for a lot of people and... in a lot of spaces is the the commitment and the logistics of actually doing research <laughs> like understanding cool. right. and, and yeah. you know introspection and all those things take a lot of time to to bring in you know kind of our
0: our formerly taboo mm. subject of mm-hmm. the craziness i mean that that is the cause of all a lot of current craziness is people Incapable Mm -hmm. of rational, not rationalization, they rationalize everything, incapable of intellectual activity um, that's reasoned.
1: That's reasoned in contrast to what they passionately believe. Right. Because this is where I've found people who I really respect for their intelligence and their ability Mm. to rationally analyze in all other spaces. Right. And then literally are just like, drawn right back right into that what's happening and throw rationality out the
0: window so the last thing that i have is you know the idea of um interpreting scripture Mm -hmm. um and the 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 two comments that i have to offer on that well so there's a lot i want to say about Buddhism mm-hmm. around that, but something that I've learned in the past couple of years is the Jewish tradition around this, uh, and I should say it's Reform Judaism. So we're in a Reform synagogue, mm-hmm. but the position uh, towards Scripture in and I, I mean, specifically what I've learned from our sure. Reform <laughs> Rabbi, Reform <laughs> Rabbi, I think this is the position of the Reformed Juda- uh Reform Judaism, is that you're faithful to. The Torah mm-hmm. like Torah is the scripture and uh, I don't know if you know this but in Jewish practice the Torah follows a calendar basically there's a scriptural cycle mm-hmm. and it begins at the beginning of the Torah and anywhere you go in the world to a Jewish congregation that's I what they're the doing on that thing. day yeah so you can yeah which mm-hmm. I think is amazing and fascinating and really cool so that's the kind of the constraint mm-hmm. But um, the converse of that in Reformed tradition is that our responsibility is twofold. It's one, to rely on the Torah and to follow it in this cycle. But two, is to bring our interpretation to it. Mm -hmm. And the Talmud is a bunch of of historical scholarly interpretations written and it's basically annotated in torah but in reform it doesn't end there it's not like you were saying right mm-hmm. um like oh uh, up until this point there was like responsible interpretation and then after that anything after that's her- heresy right um so what i like about the reform sector i don't know what you call it reform judaism is that it carries this responsibility of it is our responsibility to think about and discuss and interpret and reinterpret and reapply this scripture mm-hmm. that we that is our heritage. So I think that's just a really cool approach. Mm-hmm. Now in, in Buddhism, I think we mentioned before, or I, I mentioned before, that Buddhism was a strictly oral tradition for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. And then it became it became written down. And one thing that's interesting to me is that the main body of scripture is called the sutras. But sutra means it's cognate to suturing. Mm -hmm. It means bound together. Sutras are the bound text, which is weird that it's referred to as the sutra because it didn't start as the sutra, Right. right? So why isn't it not called the recitation or something like that? Because that's so it was always it was called that? Well, well it's no longer referred to as anything but the Sutra. Right. You know? But one thing that I like, some of the valuable pieces of Buddhism, as I understand it, are that it's attributed to the Buddha himself that he said, don't believe anything because I said it. Mm-hmm. Apply it, and if it works for you, then know that it's true. Mm-hmm. That's true very paraphrased, but everything's paraphrased, right? And then additionally, there's a teaching that there are dharma seals. There are characteristics of true teaching. If you come across a sutra, if you come across scripture or teaching, you need to look for these three characteristics. And if it has the three dharma seals, then you can trust it. And if it doesn't, then it's not true dharma. Hmm. Um, So I think that's also very interesting. So that it seems that the historical Buddha was very aware of the pitfalls of organized religion, which is completely fascinating to me and just really delightful. And that's you know one of the huge things. It's like oh, this is my thing. Like oh, this guy, this you know this is this is the way I want to follow because it's laid out here. Mm-hmm. It's very honest. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna to have to look up the three dharma seals, but one of them is I think it's emptiness, impermanence, and. I can't remember the other one. But as far as interpreting <laughs> interpreting scriptures, which I think is another huge topic, like that's that's a whole podcast right there, right? How are how are scriptures interpreted? What are the different scriptures that there are? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the, what are the scriptures of the main religions? Thank you for listening to the Tracking Wisdom podcast. Join us next time as we continue the discussion. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.eth-studio.com for more information and content.